I strongly believe in um, in sales uh, through network. Every year I make a top 10 of my uh, dream clients and then I just start exploring my network and find ways to get in touch with the person I need to get in touch with. I strongly, strongly, strongly believe in the idea that if you're not able to share, you're not able to multiply. Be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire and what sets my soul on fire is meeting people, being inspired by people. Welcome to the Revenue Discussion Podcast. This podcast aims to inspire and educate the newest generation of revenue leaders on various subjects related to sales, marketing, revenue operations, and customer success. Every week, we invite an inspirational guest who is willing to share his or her insight, strategies, and tactics that have worked or are still working for him or her. Today, we've invited Jeroen Poels to the show. If you don't know who he is, he's the founder and CEO of DeltaWorks, a leading staffing agency for students. He started his journey at the age of 18 and has even been on the Forbes list 30 under 30 for social impact. And in this episode, we unpack his story. How did he find his first clients? How did that evolve? Uh, when what is it time to recruit a sales team? But also, what makes a good entrepreneur good? Is failing good or is that something to be avoided? And so much more. I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome, welcome, Jeroen. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I'm very glad, actually, to have you on the show because you have uh, quite an inspirational story. Starting at a very young age, your own company, still actually doing it. And um, you have also been, you know, uh, you, I think you were the youngest CEO in the staffing industry or named the youngest CEO. You have uh, been called uh, or, or selected uh, Forbes uh, 30 and the 30 Forbes and the 30. That's how they call it. Yeah, the 30 and our 30. And so, and so yeah, I think you, you, you have uh, a story there. But I don't want to steal your story. I will still leave you the, the chance to explain it. But first of all, I've also seen on your LinkedIn that you started DeltaWorks on August 2012. Is that right? Yes. So it's about 10 years exactly. Yeah, I, I founded the company exactly 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, 10 years. What a time. Have you had a big party already? Uh... Well, no, we're, we're, I think we're going to like... Well, the thing is with this story, like I founded a company in August uh, two, 2012, but we became an actual staffing agency only in 2015. So, um, the, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the, All right. so that, that's why we need to start with the beginning, maybe, <laughs> so <we're laughs> maybe, still... and also for the audience that doesn't know you tell, tell your story. Yeah. Go so ahead. to, to um, summarize quickly, I um, started my company when I was 18 years old, but actually started working when I was 15, doing dishes in a local event venue. And um, um, I became head waiter there and started to engage my friends to start working with me um, in that event location. And then uh, after a while, five friends became 10, 10 became 50, 50 became 100. And then I thought, listen, maybe we can sort of structure it um, differently or make a company out of it. I, I basically, basically just saw an opportunity um, to help young people to a nice student job. And that's basically how we, um, um, how I started. Um, but in the beginning, it was mostly 
let's say I founded I founded the the first company just to have um, uh, a VAT number to to invoice my clients for my own hours, not necessarily to mm-hmm. uh, already um, rent out staff or anything. That only gotcha. started when I was oh that only started in 2015. Yeah. So ever since right. 2015, we're a staffing agency for students. So basically we hire and employ students and then we rent them out to companies and we do this for basically any, um, any sector or any type of student job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you always been uh, that entrepreneurial before, uh, before 18? Well, I, I suppose so. Yeah. I, um, uh, I grew up in a, in a very entrepreneurial family. My dad um, is running a seven generation family um, business, and my mom has always had her own um, companies as well. So I think I've been I've been stimulated um, uh, on that matter um, throughout my entire childhood, and uh, I've always wanted to do something for myself uh, on my own and. Um, yeah, ten years later, here we are. Then I'm I'm kind of interested in what's the the vision of your parents regarding school. Yeah, that's an interesting one because, to be honest, my my school career um, was not that very successful. Um, um, basically, failed my fourth year of high school, and then um, when I was uh, eighteen, I went to. Um, uh, to college and I started um, a study business management, but I was already um, working at that moment or already founded the company. So it was very difficult for me to combine school with um, with being an entrepreneur. And also at that time, 10 years ago, we didn't have uh, special um, uh, rules for uh, entrepreneurs uh, in mm-hmm. Belgium. Like nowadays, luckily they, they, um, it's somewhat of a culture, even though it's not the US yet, we have somewhat of a culture, right? No, exactly. But nowadays in Belgium, for example, we, we, we get a, a special sort of, um, uh, how do you say it? Like, uh, we just... Yeah, benefits uh, in benefits, terms of taxes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah di- different benefits or more benefits and, and more access or different access, more flexibility in terms of being able to combine your school with um, your work or being an entrepreneur and 10 years ago, unfortunately that wasn't the case. So I just decided to, to quit. And, um, my parents have always said like, um, we will always support you in anything, uh, in anything you do. But they also said like, if you want to be a grown up guy, then you will be a grown up guy from, from begin to end. Meaning they, um, they said, oh. okay, we're going to give you another six months, um, of, but then it's all on you. And, and then it's and then it's all on you. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, I think they were very, very uh, supportive, um, but they are but they also have their principles. And um, um, uh, yeah, to um, I had to do it on my own, which is also mm-hmm. like it's in a way also a very good incentive. Like if you know that in six months you, you're being completely cut off financially. Uh, then, then you have to work. <laughs> and work you go out. look out for business. You exactly. go look out for the sales. Yeah. Definitely. That's maybe a, a good transition also to how you actually started out DeltaWorks. Because of course you saw the opportunity, but that doesn't mean that you have a concrete 
solution, concrete service offering, that doesn't mean that you have also clients immediately. So how did you go and, and you know, made that happen? I think I, I strongly believe in, um, in sales uh, through network. Um, I've never been the, um, the crazy, hardcore uh, cold caller. Um, I've always invested a lot of time. <coughs> I've always invested a lot of time in my network and meeting new people and trying to make connections and thinking uh, on how to, to, for example, like every year I make a top 10 of my uh, dream clients and then I just start um, exploring my network and find ways to get in touch with the person I need to get in touch with. Um and and if I look look back at DeltaWorks, our first client was also a client from within my network. It was the catering company that was catering all the events um, in the event venue where I started working when I was fifteen. So they knew me, they they knew my qualities and 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 my hard work, and they asked me like, hey, can you can you help us out as well with um, uh, with your services? And um, and that was basically my first client, and then the second client came after that also like when meeting or they they saw us um when we were performing and uh, that's a bit how everything started yeah awesome do you still have a uh, contact with the first client uh well they're not in business anymore um so i've not been in touch with them um uh for a while however one of the chefs of that catering company um who is an uh, amazing guy who, who taught who taught me French. Um, um, also, a funny story was only French speaking, and my French was was good but not perfect. But he, um, well, I spent more time with him than I think I spent time with my parents at the time. So uh, he, he taught me French. Oh yeah. And and I I still have some. I'm still in contact with him, like on a on a more online um, uh, base. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we still have uh, we still have several clients from the first uh, the first uh, first years that we were that we started, um, um, and I think that says a lot as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Did you when you when you started out? You know, is it because you know people came to you or you saw an opportunity and you know you started out with one project and you thought, all right, this works fine. Maybe we can really build out a big business out of this, or did it really happen organically? You just get you got one project and a second one, then a third one, and then you know you started, you know the ball just started rolling, and now you you what you are, what you are. Yeah, I think a combination of both. I think, um, and it's with the majority of um, of successful entrepreneurs. It's I always compare it with <clears throat> uh, it's a train that that passes by. And you just need to jump the moment that you um, that you see the opportunity. I mean, a lot of people see the train but never jump. I think um, seeing opportunities and taking opportunities is key. Huh? Both of them are key. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do you think uh, that people don't take that train? Well, I think there is a lot of um, a fear, um, fear of failing, um, fear of thinking that they're not good enough or they they. Yeah, or a lot of doubts. I don't know. It's um, yeah, fear of leaf- leaving the comfort zone. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, no, but I think it's a combination of opportunities um, and hardcore entrepreneurship and seizing uh, seizing moments and 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 going for it. Um, mm-hmm. But I've w- when I started, like in the beginning, it was an opportunity. I had 
a lot of friends asking me, can you organize a nice student job? But at the same time, I've, I've always wanted to do more than just provide um, basic student jobs to students. We've, I've always had the mission also from my perspective towards uh, edu the, the educational system to help young people with gaining relevant work experience during their studies and um, figuring out together with them what they want to actually achieve the moment they graduate and, and enter the job market. Um, mm -hmm. So that has yeah, always, that... It's always been the goal. Yeah, and that shapes also uh, how long you can stay and keep doing what you do. Exactly. How, what can you say about the growth of Delta Works? Was it quite linear? Was it exponential? Was it, you know, by increments? Or, you know, and, and, and was it then also by design or did it just happen that way? Yeah, nice question. And I don't think there is one um, true answer. Um, I think if we if we would, if we're looking at the first three to four years, it was quite exp uh, exponentially. So it went very, very fast, very, very uh, big. And then um, obviously at some point you get a sort of, uh, you're, you're stabilizing, um, which is not always for the entrepreneur, not, not always nice, but it happens. Um, and now we are, now we are again, um, uh, not getting in like hyper growth, but we are getting, we're, we're now since two years, we're back in, a, in an, um, in a pretty high pace of, uh, of growth yeah. again. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I will have some questions regarding that later, but maybe before we go there, I also want to know when you had to grow the company. I can imagine you had to uh, you had to start recruiting people, mm -hmm. uh, and that was probably one of the biggest milestones you 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 may had in uh, your entrepreneurial journey. But then, what was the first person or type of function that you recruited for, and when was sales in the picture? Yeah. So in, in terms of um, internal hiring, the first people I hired were zero zero. Um, uh, there was no massive big plan behind it. so we we started delta work started off as a, a staffing agency for students but also specialized within the event and hospitality industry and um mm -hmm. the company started with basically me being um, a head waiter or an event manager um, um going to events and also taking crew with me or 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 staff with me so the first people that I hired were basically um, just other event managers. So we could mm -hmm. double, triple um, the amount of the events. operational activities. Yeah, exactly. Um, the cool thing is that out of those first people that I hired uh, 10 years ago, two of them are still in the company in, 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 in very different um, uh, <laughs> awesome. positions. Uh, one of them is our CFO and, uh, and, uh, and head of legal. And the other one is our brand and marketing manager. So they, they grew with the company the same way I grew with the company, um, um, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and then to, to, to answer your, um, your second question, um, uh, when sales started to become a thing, that's also something interesting because only, only since let's say two years ago or maybe not even two years ago. So let's say in, in the last 24 months or something, we, um, we really started to, um, to set up um, a dedicated uh, business development team with 
um, okay. uh, that started off with hiring a VP sales uh, and then um, um, hiring uh, BDs. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, That's super and, interesting. And, yeah, and before that, I was the only one in the company that was uh, busy working on on sales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I can see also now the the two different phases, or at least the two distinctive growth phases, where you had that yeah. first exponential growth you could take on yourself, then you had that little stagnation there, and now you want to go back on that on that high growth, and you have now yeah. that. Um, new sales team uh, ready ready to make and, and scale that business yeah very exactly. interesting yeah we went we so, went from in, in 12 months we went from a team of uh, of nine people to over 30 and from zero sales uh, a sales team of zero people so on, only founder sales uh, to now a team of um, of four so um four people that are just 24 7 uh doing nothing else than 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 hardcore um, prospecting and cold calling and 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 sales. Uh, so uh, yeah, was it was it easy for you and maybe also for clients to, you know, change the the point of contact? Was it easy for you to let other people be in contact with the clients? And for the clients, was it also okay to not be in contact with you anymore? It's or less it, in contact a, maybe. It's a good. Also, you're you're asking very good questions. Um, the it was. <laughs> um, um, for some clients where I had a very personal connection with up until today, they still call me and um, um, it's better now than it was, for example, six months ago, but um, we're working on it. But don't forget, I also I love being in touch with my clients. Like uh, for me, sales is still I'm, I'm a sales and marketing guy. I'm not an operations guy. I'm not a finance guy. I'm not a legal guy. Um, I'm, a, I'm a sales and marketing dude. And I really, really love um, uh, love the hunt and love the process and uh, and being in touch with um, with clients um, is, is one of the things that I, I love doing the most. So um, it's not necessarily something that I quit completely. Um, but, I, but I have to admit that in the beginning, I was a bit anxious and also not very much convinced that um, someone else than the founder, in, and in this case, me, myself and I, of course, were able to sign also big contracts and, 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 and big clients. But uh, my team has been um, extremely successful and proved me wrong uh, multiple times that um, uh, that they are capable and, and they, they've been working very hard and have, have been very, very successful in, 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 in their approach and in, in what they uh, what they do and, and how they do it. So, yeah. Yeah, lovely. So what is then now your... You know your role towards the the revenue team, the you know towards the marketing and sales people. What, how do you try to to find your place in that position now? Well, on, unfortunately, I'm still very uh, busy with operations and day to day um, uh, day to day management. Which Did is, you say unfortunately? Yeah, I say I say unfortunately because I hope that in the next twelve months I will be able to. Um, take a step back in terms of the day-to-day -day, uh, operations um, because I believe that every minute that I have to invest in day-to-day -day operations is is time that I'm not investing in, in stuff that um, is, is better for the company. Um, um, also, I think there are just better people than me to lead the day-to-day -day operations. Mm. Um, but if, if you, if we, because we we are in a sales uh, podcast, of course. So if we talk specifically 
um, about my role within the sales team. Um, uh, I'm still pretty active um, in terms of uh, prospecting and, and doing client meetings and, and, and signing new clients. However, I'm more focused on the, the big fish. And so sales processes that take longer. Real and, um, uh, and there it is. Obviously, it's a big advantage that it's the, the CEO and founder uh, approaching uh, approaching them. I can see that. Yeah. And so when you look now at the, at that new growth phase that you want to you want to make happen and you know you have started I mean you have recruited a team for that also. But what was for there? I mean what was there the, the most important step you had to take towards towards that new growth towards the, I mean I, I can imagine recruiting a team was important but you did you also had to define your sales process or did you hire someone to really but the right places in uh, I mean the right pieces in the right place. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, if 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 you talk to um, um, if you talk with a lot of people, and I remember from, for example, the the We Are Sales conference that it was a question on the on the hyper growth panel that um, that I was um, uh, moderating, moderating, like who is your uh, who is your first hire going to be. Um, and you get a lot of different um, answers depending also on on, on views or uh, perspectives or type of companies as well. Well, like me, uh, for example, we I decided to hire first the VP sales before hiring um, the the BDs, um, and it was basically because there was no sales uh, process uh, in the company. It was. It it has it was for seven years. It was just me doing sales, uh, mm -hmm. um, period. And I had my own process, which was in my head. But we, um, we did you even use a, a CRM back no, then? No, we we didn't have any anything like that. <laughs> and um, we I tried it a couple of times uh, in the years before, and then I was too lazy to um, to track everything, and then I stopped. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like. I mean, I think a lot of people or a lot of founders, if they are, if they will be watching this, they will understand. Like, yeah, exactly, it's uh, it's shit. Um, if you're if you have your own uh, your own thing that is working, um, and, and yeah, and especially when you are alone, you don't have to be accountable. You don't have to track the metrics exactly. because the information should be centralized in you. So exactly, I and, can and see that. Uh, which is obviously it's it's stupid uh, because uh, it's even if you're alone, it's uh, you better track your. Um, uh, your steps instead of not tracking because he, it gives you a lot of learning points. Um, but but that was one of the main reasons why I why I recruited a, a VP sales first who was able to implement um, uh, uh, a steady process and um, uh, a steady funnel um, to then uh, hire uh, a team and also that to be in charge of hiring a team. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. What's the what's the relationship or the balance that you see being quite successful in terms of marketing versus sales and how do they try to work together? Yeah, it's a, it, for us in our company it's very interesting to see how marketing is uh, being integrated in every process. What 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 you need to know is we're a staffing agency which means we are recruiting uh, on one end and we're selling um uh, people at uh, on the other end so we are a two-sided marketing company which which makes it very challenging uh, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not something it's not that we only need to um uh invest in in sales it's also in recruitment so 
We always yeah. you need people and you need projects. Exactly. So we have to find the balance between um, are we doing marketing for recruitment? Are we doing marketing for sales? However, if I look to the last ten years and it's still the uh, it's still our um, how do you say that like our ID or or our strategies, we are investing almost eighty percent of our marketing budget into recruitment and not into sales because we believe mm -hmm. in staffing that. Um, and not only staff, but we are an HR company. So we believe that if we take care of our employees and they will take care of our clients and the staffing company with the best people, they always win and um, et cetera, et cetera. And the, the sales focus of the people that are in the sales team is enough. They don't necessarily need a backup from marketing. However, besides the recruitment marketing the sales marketing you also have something like the brand marketing and that's obviously something that we're investing a lot of money in mm -hmm. uh, in in as well which is obviously also contributing to um getting our uh, name out there and uh, generating leads yeah i want to do a a little transition there to to another question i had because you also have quite a uh, i could say a pretty good personal brand and so I'm kind of curious, was that on purpose? Was that again by design or did it just happen that, you know, you, you got a lot of media attention and yeah, yeah it's, um, uh, again, it's, um, it's, it's not black and black or white. It, it was, um, it was an opportunity, uh, seven years ago, uh, from, from one of the, our, um, our national newspapers where I ended up at the front page being. Uh, called or named the youngest CEO of Belgium. So that was um, that was basically by luck. It was not a choice. However, um, I, I, I see that moment as um, as an opportunity, and I saw what the effect was of of um, of uh, using media in your own um, for for your own benefit, or at least. Um, yeah, I think you can say you can say it that way. And from that moment on, we. It was um, it was um, a game by design. It was something that we uh, mm -hmm. intentionally um, uh, searched for and um, designed um, to maximize. Yeah, kind of a strategy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It became part of the strategy. So the basically the the idea we had after that was okay. We're gonna um, we're gonna position DeltaWorks as the uh, number one um, uh, experts in Belgium in terms of student staffing, and with me mm. as the as the spokesperson. Um, yeah, and that was yeah. obviously there was a process of of many 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 years. But the nice thing is that nowadays um, um, journalists and 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 even um, even uh, um, policymakers they find their way directly to us and probably not so very um, actual for um, uh, people outside of Belgium, for, but for people um, that are looking um, from within Belgium. Um, we very recently, our, um, our prime minister, um, uh, declared the state of the union and in the state of the union, <clears throat> there was a chapter, uh, around student staffing, um, and w we influenced, or at least tried to influence, uh, uh, their decisions, uh, um, um, really? and also that is using, Interesting. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that's super interesting. And something that you said there again, you, you, you saw an opportunity and you took it. And so there I have, you know, two thoughts with that. The first one being, do you maybe come across more opportunity than the average person? Because you are maybe someone, you know, that is a, a go-getter and just go everywhere. And maybe, you know, you, you, you try to put yourself in a situation where you can get more luck. Is that true? And the other one is that it seems also to me that you say much more easily, yes, we'll do it. We'll see what it gives us because it kind of makes sense logically, but you, you're not, you, you don't have fear coming into your way. You just go, go and, and do it. Okay, so two questions. Uh, let's start with the last one. Do I am I fearless? No, um, but it's but it's something that doesn't paralyze me. Um, and also in terms of taking risks, I'm 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 all in uh, taking risks, but um, it they, it always has to be calculated risks. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, and then hold on. Well, the first question I can, can you repeat like, what was the other thing you wanted to talk about? <laughs> yeah, the first question, um, was that you position, I mean, you, I have a feeling that you are someone that puts yourself in some, in some situations where it's going to be much easier for luck to come to you Yeah, for this opportunities is, to come yeah. your way. And, and is it also, do you also believe that or? Well, and that is something that I find, um, um, I always find it sad when people think or say that because the, um, that's what I do believe is that you can design luck. So, um, but luck is not something that comes, that just comes, you know, it's something that you have to work for. It's a mindset. Um, and, um, uh, so I, I don't necessarily believe that by luck, me being me is getting more opportunities than someone else. Um, I do think mm -hmm. that me being me, uh, creates or designs more opportunities, uh, because it's mm -hmm. the, it's the, it's the mindset that I try to, um, that I try to, um, try to live in, mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah because you know the the thing that i mean i also kind of believe in is that you know i like to always of course you give always 200 percent of yourself you know you don't only go for the 90 or 100 percent. you give 200 percent of yourself and sometimes you also just need to do to do more to give more to to do things for people but you don't expect anything back because you know that way you can imagine that someday things will go back your way and that's creating new opportunities, getting more luck to you. But it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, to me, it's just the mindset of I'm always going for the, the, the maximum I can give, but maybe yeah. you have another frame of thinking. And I'm, yeah, I'm kinda, I, I, strong, yeah. I strongly, strongly, strongly believe in the idea that if you're not able to share, you're not able to multiply. And what you see, what you see a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot is people that are always trying to get something and never give back. And it's, um, I'm, I'm repeating a bit what you just said, but it's, um, I find it something very, uh, very interesting. Like I try and also, and also, and this is a nice, um, a little jump to sales again, like also in sales, don't always approach 
a potential prospect to only get but also try to give um mm -hmm. and um i think that's something uh, uh that, that it's something that helped me um helped me uh helped me a lot and also um like i think i can say i have a pretty pretty impressive network uh, in belgium uh, uh and it comes from this um this way of life or this way of approaching people um i'm very eager to learn i'm very impressed by um naively impressed by a lot of people and and it and it it's also it's genuine it's genuine <laughs> interest in 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 people and then i believe that the actual sales um will follow and if it doesn't follow it doesn't really matter but then maybe something else will come from it or mm -hmm. nothing which is also fine that's also fine i like that mindset yeah so maybe and maybe that's already your answer to to the next question i will ask you but if there was one thing you can say that in the past 10 years you did very well what was that and maybe after that you can do the reverse if there was one thing you did very badly you would never do again what was that also um yeah i think uh, i'm just gonna repeat myself what i did well was um uh, building a strong network yeah? um um with people that are smarter than me better connected than me and um appreciated me for for who i am and uh, also then shared the willingness to uh, help me take the next steps yeah? i think that's mm -hmm. that, that's something that i'm But that's actually already something super interesting. And sorry, I'm interrupting you because I I remember when I started my entrepreneurial journey, there was that one guy, Michael Lemblay, you might know him. He has kind of a following on LinkedIn. And so I always thought, all right, I would love to be part of his network, but I'm a junior. I'm, you know, just come right out of school. I, who am I to be part of his network? And so I didn't dare at the beginning, but then a couple of months later, I talked to someone and that someone told me, What the hell? Just just text him, just email him, and you will see if he responds or not. And then I had that one call, and then I built out a relationship with Michael, and now we are we are partner actually in that story. And so, were you ever afraid of approaching people, or were you not per se? Or again, it's not because you're not fearless, but it's you knew that being part of a of a large network was really worth to you, or no? I, I'm in there. I'm never fearless and I always like it's a nice quote uh, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire and what what sets my soul on fire is um um is meeting people being uh, inspired by people um um is um uh, learning new things um just it's what literally sets my soul on fire so it's never i've never been um scared to approach uh someone on the contrary um and and i think that uh being young helps so it's something that also i use it in my advantage i'm um uh, in a couple of years maybe it won't be possible in, anymore but in the last <laughs> 10 years i i i i used my young and naivety um and turned it into a strength instead of a weakness um yeah how do you mean that 
Well, what, what, what did I you mean, what did you do? Yeah, what I mean with it is is that unfortunately nowadays, still nowadays, a lot of young people are uh, not getting the <clears throat> um, uh, not getting the platform or uh, are not um, uh, how do you say that like um, are not getting the credibility that they should get because there is an ID that you need age to mm -hmm. post stuff or be successful in 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 stuff and etc etc so there are two things you can do you can either like think like oh my god i'm too young they will never uh, allow me or they will never uh, uh, help me or they will never whatever or you can just turn mm -hmm. it around and say okay i am young there's nothing i can do uh there's nothing i can do about it then just try to um uh, switch it into something that is more strength so make them make uh, it's difficult to explain it's you, you can you can almost say that i try to or tried to um um inflict the um feeling of ah uh, it's um he's cute he's uh young it's nice he's very He's very he's driven, uh, he's ambitious. Um, I, he's genuine and I want to help him. Yeah. Instead I get of, that. Yeah. You get, a, you get quite a lot of respect actually for doing that at a young age. Yeah. And, and people appreciate that. And don't forget, like you're going to meet a lot of people that say no, like a lot of them. And, and you're, you're going to fail more if you're young and, and, and stories end. And, uh, and it's, it's true. It's, um, it's not the, um, uh, we're not living in a fantasy dream. It's, uh, it's also, uh, um, it's getting a lot of no's, but for me, no stands for next opportunity. And if it doesn't work with person X and then I will try someone else. Um, and, and, um, that should be the mindset. Yeah. And along your journey, you come across uh, people that uh, genuinely want to help you and they, um, and those are the first stones of cornerstones of, uh, you building your credibility because if someone else that is um, already somewhere um, uh, acknowledges the fact that you are also someone, then those are cornerstones and you just continue building on those. Mm -hmm. No, very nice one. So to go back to, uh, to one of the previous questions, I also uh, ask, what did you do that you kind of regret in the last 10 years and you would never do again? It's a very cliche answer, but um, I strongly believe that <laughs> that the living life with no regrets sort of thing is um, is uh, is for me still um, the leading answer, uh, which doesn't mean, of course, that uh, I made plenty of mistakes. I made so many mistakes and I made very big mistakes as well. Like so big that in 2015, we, we went also, uh, almost bankrupt. So oh, wow. we, 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 I made uh, massive mistakes. However, I also believe that if I would turn back time with the knowledge that I have today going back then, I think, um, again, my young spirit with the naivety I had then and the lack of experience was also at the same time an accelerator of uh, other things. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm not sure whether um, doing things differently would have an a different outcome. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Um, but yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if you want me to name something, then I would say have um, invest more in um, or earlier invest earlier in more um, finance and cash flow knowledge. Uh, mm. and 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 um, surrounding myself quicker with people uh, that can uh, assist and guide me in 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 uh, in that yeah mm-hmm. no those are great answers and i definitely understand what you mean i mean i mean there there are multiple ways you can approach a challenge how big the challenge can be but at the end, uh, you always try to surpass yourself at every moment, or at least that's, you know, I think the mindset you should kind of have. And yeah. so if back then you, you know, you did the best you could with the resource and knowledge you had back then, who could actually have any regret regarding that? So no, well, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with failing, you know, like um, mm-hmm. fail for me stands for a first attempt in learning. So if every fail is not a fail, it's just an attempt in learning something, then then there is also no f- fear anymore in failing. You just need to make sure that you that you're able to control the damage and not fail too hard because it could also like, yeah, as I said, it can make you go bankrupt as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you you accept failure on yourself, but is it also different? And I don't know I, I never had really a team uh, working for me or, or, or with me. Um, but if a, a team member of you fails on something, do you then also approach that with that mindset, or is it still does it still feel different? Well, obviously, you don't like your team failing. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. But, um, but yeah, um, listen. What, what what I find the most important thing is is um, that you learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that you're open and keen to um, develop yourself, being a better person, being better in your job, being a better manager, um, and just growing. And um, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I would get very upset with people that keep on failing in the same way and don't... Right, repeating the same life. mistakes over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think failing is the fastest and easiest way towards um towards growth mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. now are you guys uh fully bootstrapped with delta works uh, yeah yeah like we um we raised our first uh first uh we did a seat uh seats uh series in 2015, we did an A series in 2016, um, and then I think we we raised already over um, no, and then we did um, we did another raise at the beginning of this year. Um, so I think now we're on a total of 1.8 million in 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 fundraising, not all okay. in, um, uh, not all in equity, uh, so also in 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 like in different uh, different types of. Um, of uh of 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 uh, of money raising so mm-hmm. um but but yeah we are f- fully um 
did you feel then some type of pressure from uh, from the new stakeholders then regarding the the sales performance? Uh, yeah, but there is nothing wrong with that. I mean, like people invest a lot of money and take uh, huge uh, risks uh, because they believe in you um, and because you sold them a story, a dream. But then you also um, have to uh, do everything about it to um, accomplish that dream. And mm -hmm. um, what I want to add to that is, and like I had, I had a conversation about it uh, about this not so not so long ago with with someone asking me like a board of directors uh, where your investors are in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like what is the role of a board of directors? And I strongly believe that the moment that an investor invests money in you and takes an active role as a as a, as a board member then they also take on um uh part of the responsibility to make sure that you're successful and they're mm -hmm. um and that's and that's their task to um to keep us uh to be to keep us fresh but also to come with ideas and to um to come with solutions or at least be part of finding those solutions uh, Yeah, and that, and that fits the quote you said earlier, and I've written it down because I really liked it. You're not able to share. Uh, if you're not able to share, you're not able to multiply. Exactly. So something like that, and yeah. I can see uh, this being projected here again. All right, but then one of the last questions I have to ask you is, what are then the future ambitions of DeltaWorks? Because 2015-16 are quite some years ago. Uh, I can imagine you know, you're, you're, you're still not done with pursuing some growth. So what are the future aspirations for DeltaWorks? Well, um, well, mainly we just have a uh, we have a growth goal for the next five to ten years, which is pretty, uh, which is pretty clear um, in terms of uh, how um, how big we want to grow and and what market share we want to we want to take. Um, I think we will be um, we will keep on focusing on the Belgian market. We're very active in Flanders, so I think the French speaking parts. Um, is um is uh let's say a market that we want to get in uh, at some point as well um yeah you prefer the the french speaking uh region of belgium instead of the netherlands uh 100 yeah okay yeah. yeah um and and basically um and especially in terms of uh legislation as well we're we're in staffing mm. uh French speaking part in Belgium is the uh, same legislation as uh, as the um, as okay the, makes the, sense Flemish. and where where Holland is just comp it's another country another market um, of course uh, the Wallonie is also another market but um, it's on the, the same playing um, play yeah. play rules uh, um, yeah um, so yeah all right yeah no no I can see that All right. Well, thank you, Jeroen. Jeroen, if people want to find out more about you, about DeltaWorks, where would you like to send them? Yeah. So obviously they can, um, they can contact me directly through LinkedIn or Instagram. Um, uh, and uh, if they want to learn more about our company or about DeltaWorks, they can go to our website or also our LinkedIn page, deltaworks.eu. All right. Awesome. Well, Jeroen, I have one last question for you, a question I ask every guest on the show. And I think it's going to be interesting in your case <laughs> because you kind of have a personal brand. And so the question goes as follows. If Jeroen would be a brand, what would it stand for? <laughs> um, 
I am. If people ask me why I do what I do, it's I have three main drivers, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share them in the precise order of um, uh, importance. So number one is making impact. Um, so that was also when I received uh, notice that I'm in the Forbes under 30 list uh, in the category social impact. It was for me the biggest achievement so far. Um, I love making impact. Um, both um both internally on our team but definitely also towards our our student community in belgium so that's one thing um having fun um is is extremely important as well yeah. and then um um making cash don't don't need to we don't need to be shy about it uh, we are not a non-profit organization we are um um we are a, a private company. You can see that. We are. We want to make money. So th those are my three main drivers. But um, I think my personal brand. Um, I've always tried to. Uh, yeah, making impact. I think that's the, that's the main uh, the main yeah. driver. Yeah, I like that. You make impact while having fun. That still generates some cash. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Arun, for being on the show. Uh, thanks. I Dylan wish you nothing, nothing but the best and catch you next time. You as well. Thanks, Dylan. Bye. Bye bye. Continue. Have a good